This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Welcome to the program today. This is Don Boyd. I want to welcome you to Opening the Scriptures. We're going to continue in our series today on the Christian graces that are found there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. We're going to read those verses and then we will get into applying all diligence in adding to faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And that's the one we're going to look at today. But beginning in verse 5. It says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, today we're going to be looking at the last part there of verse 5, where it says, And to virtue knowledge. Now, I find it interesting before we get into it that far that the word translated to in the King James Version is translated in in the American Standard Version, and it is the Greek word en or in, which means a position. So adding, we'll read it that way, said add in your faith virtue, and in your virtue knowledge, and in knowledge temperance, and in temperance patience, and in patience godliness, and in godliness brotherly kindness, and in brotherly kindness charity. So these are the position there we see from the little Greek word in. Well again, the word giving there, Paris Pharaoh, Vincent's word study says means to bring in by the side of, adding your diligence to the divine promises, adding on your part. So we're to be adding on our part these things in our lives. And then giving all diligence, spude, haste with haste, earnestness, diligence, earnestness in accomplishing, promoting, or striving after anything. So we are striving to add knowledge to our virtue. And you might remember that virtue, one of the definitions of that Greek word was energy. We are to add knowledge to our energy. Well, what is knowledge? And as we go through the lesson today, we're going to find going to find four different Greek words that are translated knowledge in the various places that we're going to look. But the word knowledge here in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5 is from the Greek word 
Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, and it's found 29 times in the New Testament. Thayer defines the word Gnosis this way. Knowledge signified in general intelligence and understanding. Merriam-Webster defines the word knowledge this way. The fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. So if we want to get knowledge, well, we'll look at that in a moment. I want to go, if we want to get Bible knowledge, we're going to have to get familiar with the Bible. You know, I was reading an article the other day, and I don't remember where it was at or who wrote the article or who the article was written about. But it had a very good meaning to it when it comes to knowing our Bibles. It tells the story of a preacher who had gone to a certain congregation to do a gospel meeting. And while he was at the gospel meeting, he stayed with a couple there the entire time he was there. And he found a comb. And whenever he picked up that comb, he placed it in the Bible that was sitting on the coffee table there by the couch and the chairs and such as that in the living room. Well, the gospel meeting was over and he left, but the next year they had him back for another gospel meeting and he stayed with the same people. And he went and looked in that Bible that was sitting on the coffee table and guess what he found? the comb. And whenever he picked up the comb, the couple said, or one of the couple, one of them said, we've been looking for that comb all year. What does that say? It says they were not familiar with their Bible. They hadn't opened that Bible that was just set there for a prop for other people to see. So if we want to get Bible knowledge, we're going to have to get familiar with our Bibles, and getting familiar with our Bibles means we have to open them up and get into it. In Psalm 119, verse 11, Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. How can we hide God's word in our hearts if we don't open it up and look at it? The American Standard Version there says, Thy word have I laid up in mine heart. How can you lay something somewhere if you don't have it? We need to get into our Bibles and study so that we can know what God's Word says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, look at verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. 
It says, as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. We know that an idol is nothing, nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all thing, are all things, and we by him. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, not in every man that knowledge, that gnosis, that intelligence, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So right there we see not everyone has that knowledge. But we have to get into the book to gain that knowledge. You know, we talk about we have to get into the book so that we can become teachers and such. You remember what the Hebrews writer there said to the Hebrews there in Hebrews chapter 5, and you start down in verse 11. It says there, it talks about Melchizedek, but it says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. They, had, they didn't know their Bibles. They hadn't added this knowledge to their energy. And that is what the writer there of the Hebrews letter is scolding the Hebrews thereabout because they weren't ready to go into the deep things of God. And that's what he continues to say there in Hebrews chapter 5. And I'd already flipped away from there, so I'm going to turn back down in verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful. The American Standard Version says, without experience of the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. You think about that reason of use. We have to use the Bible in order to know what's in it so that we can know what we must do. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says there, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, we use that verse a lot there to prove instrumental music is not, or mechanical, mechanical instruments of music are not to be used in songs of praise to God, whether in or out of services. But we're dwelling there on the first part. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
And the word of Christ can't dwell in us richly if we don't open the word. It can't do it if we don't open the word. Now, go to 2 Peter again, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. Now, when we look at these these verses right here, verses 2 and 3, we have a different Greek word that is translated knowledge. And that is the word epinosis. And before we read those, I want to give you the definition of epinosis. Thayer says it means precise and correct knowledge. You know, the word that we looked at a while ago down in verse 5 is gnosis. This is epinosis. The, word, the little uh, phrase there or the little word epi there, it means upon. So this is Again, as Thayer's definition says, precise and correct knowledge. So let's read Second Peter 1, 1 and 2. I'm excuse me, 2 and 3. Grace and knowledge be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, the correct there and precise knowledge, and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things, that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue through the precise and correct knowledge. You know, if there is precise and correct knowledge, then there is knowledge that is not precise and is not correct. And we'll get into that a little bit later. In chapter 3 here of Second Peter, verse 18, It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. That would be the word gnosis there. Knowledge signified in general intelligence and understanding. So grow in the understanding, in the general intelligence of what? our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well then, how do we get knowledge? Well, I mean, just ask the general question. How do you get knowledge when it comes to math? You go to a math book. How do you get knowledge when it comes to science? You go to the particular science that you're trying to learn, that book. Maybe that instructor. What about how do you gain knowledge in auto repair? Well, you go to the book. Or if you're like me, you go to YouTube. Try to find out how to do it. How do you find out knowledge on using a sewing machine or a serger? You go somewhere to learn it. You have the instruction manual to go by. How do you gain knowledge when it comes to playing a game? Well, maybe it's in Hoyle's Book of Rules, or you go to the instructions. You go where the instructions, you go where the knowledge is found in order to get the knowledge of how to do something. Well, if we're going to obtain or try to get the knowledge of God's Word or the Bible, well, where is Bible knowledge found? 
It's found in the Bible. We have to get in the Bible. We have to open the book. In Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 20, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 18 to 20, talking about the king that they're going to have. It says, And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Well, how can we put that in our language today that would apply to us? Well, when we're sitting in our house or wherever we may be, we need to have a copy of the Word of God. You know, I read the other day something that said, what if we treated our Bibles like we do our cell phones? Now, of course, your cell phone may have your Bible on it. But if we leave the house without it, are we going to go back and get it? Are we always going to have it with us? Well, we need to have the Word of God with us. Why? That we may learn to fear the Lord our God and to keep all the words of his law and his statutes and do them. We need to keep the word of God with us. Now I want to go to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4. And this is an, a different word whenever it comes to the word knowledge, a different Greek word. This word is synesis. And Strong's defines that word as a mental putting together. That is intelligence or concretely the intellect. Again, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4. Paul says, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Again, my knowledge there, my mental putting together, my intelligence, my intellect in the mystery of Christ. And that's not our lesson today. So you go in and read your own Bible, figure out what that mystery of Christ is. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Colossians 1.10 is that Greek word we looked at a while ago, epinosis, precise and correct knowledge. Now let's read the verse, 1.10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, and being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, in that precise and correct knowledge of God. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, we're going to have knowledge there translated from that Greek word gnosis again. 
And again, it's defined as knowledge signified in general intelligence and understanding. Colossians 2, 1-3. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding of the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, again, gnosis, general intelligence or understanding. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, Let's look at verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Now the word knowledge here is from epinosis, precise and correct knowledge. It says, Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth, the precise and correct knowledge of the truth. Well, how do we do that? 2 Timothy 2.15. You knew I'd get there, didn't you? 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself. The American Standard Version says to present yourself. Approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing, handling aright the word of truth, using that precise and correct knowledge, using it in the proper way. But we have to get into the book. The word also there, translated study, means give diligence. That's that, give diligence, haste, earnestness, earnestness in accomplishing, promoting, or striving after anything, give our earnestness to be approved or present ourselves to God, a workman that it does not need to be ashamed because of our lack of knowledge of the word of God, but rightly dividing that word of truth, using God's word properly. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration means God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. So the precise and correct knowledge of God found in the scriptures is good for doctrine. It's good for teaching. It's good for reproof. Reproof is a mild rebuke or whatever, scolding someone who has done wrong. For correction. Somebody may be doing something they didn't know was wrong, but we are able to correct them, or they can correct themselves through reading, studying the Word of God, and for instruction in righteousness. How to live this life in order to be pleasing to God. God's Word instructs us on all these things. 
And God is the one who told us through inspiration. Inspiration. You go back to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now these be the last words of David, David the son of Jesse, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of God, the God of Jacob. And the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. That's verbal inspiration. That's what we're looking at over here in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it says there, these being the last words of David, those are his last prophetic words that he is about to speak. So we find that we must open the book, open the word of God, if we are going to add knowledge to our energy. Well, let's look at it this way. How many of us ate something every day last week? Probably all of us did, and we probably didn't just eat something one time. We ate something several times through the day. Well, then look at this question. How many of us read our Bible every day last week? Did we read our Bible every day? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, we find another word translated knowledge here, and there's a combination of words here that you're going to see there in verse 34. <clears throat> it says, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. All right, the word knowledge there is anosia, which means ignorance. So what is he saying here? Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some are ignorant of the knowledge of God. And he said, I speak this to your shame. Because, tie that back into 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. To the Corinthians, Paul is saying here, I'm speaking this to your shame because you don't know the word of God. How many of us would fit in that very same category. You know, Hosea chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7, says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why did they have a lack of knowledge? They didn't get into the word of God. And he says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. 
if we don't get into the book, if we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, it doesn't just affect me individually. It affects my family. It affects my children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. There's that word shame again. Their glory is going to be turned to shame. I speak this to your shame. Be not ashamed, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we need to ask ourselves, how much more important is my soul than my belly? I feed my belly every day. Why don't I feed my soul every day? How are we going to get to heaven if we don't know the way? You can't just stick up a GPS and get there. You've got to know the way. So we looked at what is knowledge. How do we get knowledge? Now, how do we use the knowledge we have? Well, I first want to look at a way that knowledge can be used the wrong way. The way knowledge is used the wrong way. Let's first go to Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Romans 10, 1 and 2. And when we see the word knowledge here, we're going to see that it is from the Greek word epinosis, which means the precise and correct knowledge. Romans 10, 1 and 2. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, not according to the precise and correct knowledge. They have the zeal for God. They have energy for God, but not according to the precise and correct knowledge. And then he explains, verse 3, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. <clears throat> Why? They don't have the correct and precise knowledge of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, and then also we're going to look at some other verses here. And these verses here in 1 Corinthians all come from that Greek word gnosis. The knowledge signified in general intelligence and understanding. 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity or love edifieth. So that's gnosis there. In verses 10 and 11, the same word. For if any man see thee which hath knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. 
See, we have knowledge, but we can use that knowledge in the wrong way. You notice there in verse 1 it says, Knowledge puffeth up. Oh, look how, look what I know. Look at me. No, we need to have that knowledge, but we also need to use that knowledge in the right way. In chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, verse 2, chapter 13, verse 2, it says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains and have not love or charity, I am nothing. We could have all knowledge. And if we don't have love, it doesn't profit anything. In Philippians chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 14 to 18, Philippians chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, Paul writes there, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, and yea, will rejoice. You see, that gives two ways that people use the knowledge of the word of God. Paul is here in a Roman prison and he's saying there that there are some because of his bonds, many of the brethren, verse 14, they're becoming bold to speak the word of God without fear. In verse 15 he says there's some that preach Christ of envy they're speaking the truth, but they're trying to add affliction to me. They're not adding affliction to me and my bonds because they're speaking the word of God. But he says there are some, verse 17, who are preaching the word of God through love. And he says, knowing I'm set for the defense of the gospel. But then he says, Every way, whether in pretense, you know, they're teaching the truth, they're just not teaching it in the with the right attitude, the right spirit, or in truth. In other words, they're sincere. They sincerely love those to whom they're teaching the word of God and want them to be saved. He says, Christ is preached. I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Christ is being preached. The truth is being taught, whether they're sincere or whether they are not as long as the truth is being taught. 
Now, our knowledge, as we kind of have this transition there, can be used in the right way as well. Don't you think about the knowledge we have, Mark 16, 15, and 16. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that is believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. You know, we have that knowledge. We can use that knowledge to teach. Some are going to believe and be saved. Some are not. They're going to be lost. But we need to use our knowledge. The same way in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power or authority is given me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you all way, even to the end of the world. You're right there. We're to go and to teach. Baptize those who believe. And then once we get through teaching them what they need to do to be saved, keep teaching them what they need to do in order to stay saved. Where it says, teaching them, verse 20, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. How can we know all things whatsoever Christ has commanded if we don't get into the book? We have to get in and teach it. And then in Titus chapter 2, we're going to look at several verses here. Verses 1 to 15. But this is teaching. This is what we are to teach. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 to 15. Commenting as we go. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. What does that mean? What is, where do we find sound doctrine in the Bible? What is sound doctrine? That precise and correct knowledge that we are to have. The healthy teaching from the word of God. Speak those things. And what is he saying? That the aged men, all right, we're going to have groups here looked at. The aged men, be sober. In other words, have self-control, be temperate. Grave, be honorable. Temperate, that's again self-control there. Sound in faith. Sound in faith, in the, in the faith, the gospel system, faithful. In charity or love, sound in love, agape love. And in patience. And then verse 3, the aged women, likewise, they be in behavior as becometh holiness. They're reverent in their behavior. Not false accusers. They're not slandering. They're not gossiping. Not given to much wine. 
That's drinking great amounts of liquid. Not talking about alcohol there. Teachers of good things. Teach those things that are good. And then he says that they may teach. The word also means train the young women to be sober of sound mind. To love their husbands. To be affectionate as a wife. To love their children. The motherly love that they have. To be discreet. American Standard Version says sober-minded. To be chaste. The word means pure. Keepers are workers. At home. Good. Obedient to their own husbands that the word of Lord be not blasphemed. And then he says, verse 6, young men. Likewise, exhort to be sober-minded, have a sound mind, and then in all things present, excuse me, showing, the word showing means present, thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness, in other words, having that precise and correct knowledge and using it, Gravity or dignity, sincerity, being sincere in what you do, sound speech that cannot be condemned, in other words, healthy speech, you're not saying you're not cursing, you're not using euphemisms, you are not using anything that would be corrupt, that would come out of a human being's mouth, that he of the contrary part might be ashamed or may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. There are those out there who are watching us and they're ready to pounce. And then he says, exhort servants to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Well, we really don't have in our nation the servant-master situation, but we do have the employer-employee situation. Not answering again, not talking back. Not purloining. The word means to embezzle, to steal. But showing all good fidelity, all good conviction, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. The word adored means to put on like a fine set of clothes. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. In other words, everyone has the opportunity to access God's grace. But God's grace does something. Verse 12 says, it teaches us. And how do we learn what God's Word teaches us? By getting that precise and correct knowledge. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, deny those things, that we should live soberly, righteously, 
and godly in this present world. How do we know how to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? It's by adding knowledge to our virtue, to our energy. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, looking for that day when he comes back. That's the day we're looking for. That's the day we should be have or we should have great anticipation for. The day that we should be ready for. And we can't be ready for it if we don't have the knowledge that we need. And then it says of him who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar or a special people, zealous of good works, full of energy for doing good. And then he says, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You know, when we look at applying all diligence here, go back over to first or second Peter chapter one, verse five. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. It's time for us to get into the Bible and learn what God demands of us. Far too many people are out there; they're being led astray. Because they'll take somebody's word for something instead of going to God's word for the answers. And all the answers that we need for this life are found in the word of God. Going back over these definitions, the knowledge that signifies general intelligence and understanding we need to understand what the will of God is. Mentally putting together the word of God, using our intelligence, our intellect, in order to see what the word of God tells us to do. Finding that precise and correct knowledge in the word of God and not being ignorant of it. Agnosia, ignorance. Let's don't be ignorant of the word of God, but let's do like the psalmist declared, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So again, this is Don Boyd. I want to thank you for tuning in to Opening the Scriptures. We look forward to being with you next time. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. 
We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ, located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.